Hello, everybody, and welcome again. Thank you for tuning into another one of my uh, podcasts on YouTube. Uh, hello, um, on uh, podcast, obviously. Hello, and I'm delighted today to have a longtime um, friend. I think I can call you a friend now, uh, Nikki. Yes. And um, Nikki described. Well, let's go from Nikki's headline: uh, "Transformation is taking something that exists today and making it more beautiful." Well, that sounds all well and um, uh, well and good. Um, Nikki, what, who, your story, your background, gives a bit of insight of who you are, what you do for our, um, uh, our listeners, and then let's, uh, let's see where this takes us. Okay. Uh, so a little bit about me. Um, I actually started in finance, and I started um, project work after analyzing loads of sales stats, sales data, and the company I then worked for was building a CRM. So when we went down a path, I went, hang on, you're not fixing processes here. So uh, maybe we should fix the sales team's processes and help them out and then look at all the points that you want to analyze to help make the sales team better. And that's kind of how I started down the path of projects and transformation. Um, and since then, lots of CRM projects, lots of helping people change. Um, and for me, it's never about technology. It's all about people. So changing the people is the first port of call with whatever technology you're looking at, whether it's CRM, other enablement tools, things like that. Cool. Um, when, we're, when we're talking CRM, I mean, in terms of following your story and your, your journey and the conversations we've had in the past, you know, this, is, this is big CRM transformation projects we're talking about across multiple countries we're not talking a couple of hundred users or a couple of hundred seats in terms of transformation we're talking the full full bore um rip out old systems put in new systems etc is that correct yeah so anything from how the sales team is structured on a global scale to what tools they're using to support those salespeople. um and yeah every country every culture is different so dealing with the nuances that come with that um, and again, I refer back to once we change the people, the rest is easy or easier. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, e e easier than um, necessarily the, uh, the, the people piece. So typically in, in your experience, what is it that is, what's driving this, the need for the change? Because, you know, I've used CRM for the 20 odd years that I've been in, um, uh, in, in sales roles. And I always find it frustrating when people turn around and go well oh, the crm system is crap well the crm system actually is probably not crap because it's just an innate object right it's just a piece of a piece of software you've, you've talked about the the people bit but what is it then typically drives somebody to go oh, right we're going to start all over again and try and change change things uh my experience over these last many years has been you know people get fed up of what they classify as the admin work, right? Okay. Often the admin work stems from not having built the, the system to suit the salesperson. It's been built to suit leadership, management, things like that. And perhaps looking at data points that aren't as modern as they need to be or can't keep up with um, where, where the world's moving to. So you often find people find it then too cumbersome because all they're doing is using a tool to support someone else's needs, not their own needs. So it's that, that typical what's in it for me, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And a CRM is for everyone, not just sales, not just marketing, 
finance use it to look at from it from a forecasting perspective as much as sales use it to look at it from a forecasting perspective but it, it's also the place that houses so much data about your customers so whether it's your product team or your marketing team everyone needs to use it so you've got to make sure that everyone can use it and that you've got a strong data model that underpins it that gives you then all those KPIs, all those metrics that you can analyze and take the business forward. And that, okay, that's an, an interesting point you raised there. So when you're talking about it's, it's designed or built for you know, management or, or, or the powers that be, um, I guess we're talking about kind of reports and then reports on, on reports rather than the actual end user itself in terms of how does a salesperson actually operate today and you know the key thing is you want your sales teams spending more time talking to their prospects and their customers than sitting there filling out uh, filling out stuff what why do you think historically it's been driven that way in terms of kind of the management side rather than you'd have thought management taking a step back and going hey what are that people have actually got to, to use this i think potentially previously it's been built that way Mm -hmm. to fulfill old behaviors. I mean, look, no, no company, even in today's world, is not going to have budgets. It's not, they're not going to not have quotas or targets or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. it. It's been built so you can, and I hate to say it, micromanage people as opposed to empowering people. So we're back to the people conversation, right? Yeah. That micromanagement piece and knowing every time you talk to a customer or every time you go and visit a customer or every interaction you have. Yes, they are important data points, but it's how you use those data points. And you said it earlier, I mean, so many people have reports on top of reports, on top of reports, on top of dashboards, on top of reports, which if there is, if there is no call to action from it, why do you have it? Yeah. Every report, every dashboard, every data point must have a call to action to empower your people. Those data points empower them to serve your customers better, give your customers better products because, you know, if, if, if a product team or a product manager or whatever you want to call it can see all that, you can start looking at what products your customers really want, what features do they really need, what are they using most. So it's, it's not just for sales. So for me, the data points are an empowering action for anyone in the organization at any level. And I think that's, that's, that's a really interesting viewpoint. I, I, to be honest, I've never really considered that CRM is for everyone. And I suppose that's me in my terms of my narrow mind from a sales slash marketing viewpoint coming at it. It's a place to record customer interactions, whatever that might be. Yes, of course, I recognize the bit from the forecasting bit that rolls up to someone somewhere uh, around, you know, how are we doing this um, this year? And, you know, I digress, but I remember back in my, my recruitment days, when we used to have, you know, our Monday morning meetings and management would be honest, what's happening, what's happening. You sit there going, really? And they go, look, there's close to 2,000 of you in the company. Start rolling up everybody not doing what you're doing. That starts to give finance a headache because huge holes start to appear. So we start to kind of understand that, okay, I now get the what's in it for me. Whilst this is frustrating for me, I recognize that actually that's causing a headache for the, for the CFO when they've got to talk to the board around what's going on because we're not doing it um, uh, doing it uh, this uh, this end, but the 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 data point, and I, I guess that's like the interesting background. You've come from a data background in terms of numbers around your um, your finance background. 
is that not everybody from a sales, I guess, I guess it's this tension between the varying businesses, the business units is that finance don't necessarily understand how sales work. Sales don't come from a necessarily a data kind of thought process or, or background. And in order to, for that to work, everybody kind of has to understand what everybody is actually doing and how it all fits together. But if you are sitting in a, and I know we've touched on this before, and it's you know, anybody that's listening or watching will go, yeah, we recognize that. We all sit in our silos, right? We don't actually want to get out of our little kind of fiefdoms and work out what everybody else is, is doing and how their process impacts this process, which then impacts that process and, uh, and, and so on. So what are you seeing around the, the skill set requirements? This could be new hires, this could be what have you, in that kind of that, that data piece. Because, okay, we're seeing a lot of data, AI, data strategy. I think Gartner or whatever, one of the ones saying that by blah, like 2025 or whatever it is, they'll be hiring data scientists and data analysts. But you know, your, your boots on the ground, you're actually living and breathing this in, you know, in the modern world. So what are you seeing on that data front? On the data front, um, what I see, and particularly with the clients I've been working with in, in recent times, the data strategy and the data flows, so having that data model that underpins everything mm -hmm. is quite important. And that's across an enterprise level. So that's not just in your CRM, right? Yeah. That has that knock-on impact into your ERP, into other places, into, you know, if you're manufacturing into, into the warehouse, whatever it might be. So making sure at an enterprise level, your data model is strong, mm -hmm. means that it will extract the right data points. But then, you, so one, you need to set up your data pieces properly. So every project, every transformation needs a data architect mm -hmm. to understand the flows at an enterprise level. Number two, it doesn't matter whether you're sales, marketing, finance, product, manufacturing, warehouse, whoever you are, all day, every day, whether you want to recognize it or not, you're dealing in data. Being able to use your customer relationship management tool to understand your customer is actually the conduit link between all the pieces of the puzzle and all the players and helps break down the silos. So even if you're in the warehouse, if you can understand the data points from sales, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to manage your stock better or, or whatever it is so it, it flows all the way through so everyone now needs to be set up to identify some of those things but that comes into the change management aspect so when you go in and when you implement or when you upgrade or whatever it may be it's changing the mindset because we've all got it in us right okay yes i'm ex finance but we all can look at data points on whatever forum you like and identify something in our brains but sometimes you need to actually help people realize that and that comes into the process part which is the change management aspect where where would so i think you know again large or even a small organization but let's say medium to large uh, large enterprise this 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 data piece where does that ultimately roll up to who, who where does the butt stop in terms of the job title is that the cto cio the graphos they're interchangeable cfo i'm now seeing chief data slash chief digital officer but the cdo is more probably on the cyber side of things 
um, this it kind of blurs all into to one. So again, in your in your experience with the large organisations that you you worked with, where where does that aspect actually roll up to and the buck stop with? A lot of companies that I've seen recently have gone to um, having digital groups, okay. and it will usually reside in there. Uh, often, if 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 you don't have that, you know. Um, more modern digital piece it'll reside in the IT space I've even seen it reside in finance okay. because naturally they love a good number so <laughs> yeah. in um in, in, indeed but I guess you know the 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 group part makes a makes sense I guess because you're going to need somebody from products from sales from marketing from finance from IT Get everybody sat in a room, sat in a virtual room the, the, these days, and kind of almost thrash it out in terms of, I guess, this is the the wish list of of what I would want, and what I, I guess it's also what I think I want. Yeah. I do see, I do see a lot of that, and I've been in this, you know, this kind of world. People get very excited about, oh, can it do this? Oh, can it do this? Oh, can it do this? Because they're sitting there thinking that'd be really useful for for me, but don't consider, you know, we've got five thousand other people, different countries, different, you know different sales processes to a to a um certain extent that needs to um uh, to do this and then we come full circle back to the the collaboration point and i guess there has to be some give and take that there is never going to be one single perfect solution that's going to meet the needs of of everyone no i think um i think it's about meeting the core needs and mm -hmm. it's about it's interesting because we always look to the past, right? Yeah. Oh, I need, I've needed this for the last 20 years. Therefore I must need it tomorrow. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's, what value is it giving you? Oh, none. Okay. And is this the 90% or is this the five, 10%? Yeah. It's, a, it's an edge case. Okay. Then we don't need it. Do we? And it, I think again, it goes back to the journey. How do we set ourselves up to uh, be more uh, ready for the future or ready to pivot? Like, I mean, the COVID situation, how many companies haven't had people working from home and they've had to pivot really quickly yeah. and they want data points on how that's looking, right? So it's about enabling a structure or an ecosystem that allows you to pivot. So it's not about looking backwards sometimes, it's, look, it's about looking forwards. And I think that helps everyone set up, but you do need the players around the table because the one connector has to always be the customer because otherwise, why are you doing what you do in your company, whatever your company is? And if you all have the common goal, it's about the customer, not about me, then you'll get the right answer. How is my customer gonna buy from me? How is my customer gonna interact with me? How should they interact with me? How do they want to interact with me? Those pieces will help drive whatever data needs you have. Um, and it's about, you know, looking to forecast into the future at the various different points, whether it's 12 months, three years, five years, 10 years. And of course, as technology changes, as we grow and develop and whatever else, it will change constantly, but it's constantly looking at that as opposed to, I've done this for 20 years, I still need it. Yeah. And I think what, you know, what, what's obviously COVID has, um, you know, we're all seeing it now out there, the digital transformation has been accelerated. Five years has happened in three months or um, whatever. And that looking forward piece, but what's been, what's been fascinating in terms of me kind of what, watching this and watching this from a, 
digital, social, modern, virtual selling, this journey was, was starting to move and it, it's been accelerated. But I was speaking to um, a guy called Peter, Peter Dorrington, who's a, a CX um, a specialist. He comes at it from, a, from, a, from both a data science and a, and a data psychology perspective. Just, Justin Michael in the US, who I spoke on my last podcast, um, he comes with it from a more of an automation perspective. What's been fascinating, and then there was a recent webinar with um, uh, Rob, not Rob Coyne, who's the CMO, Andy, Andy, my name escapes me, from Thunderhead, and their journey customer orchestration. And what's been, what's been fascinating is to, to watch this narrative unfurl, is that every single one of these conversations has come full circle back to the, back to the client and the customer, and the, and the overall customer experience. And to your point, how you are interacting with, with the customer but then are you recording those data points and are they the right data points to be recording? But then, you know, you mentioned the point about the reports earlier on, what are you then doing about it? And the forward looking piece, what uh, Peter was saying is that a lot of organizations have based their customer data on five years historical data. And now we're moving into a world where none of that, that data is now most of it's irrelevant because we're now not buying that way anymore because we've been forced into a completely different way of um uh engaging so social now has become front and center of everything people are going oh my god linkedin's actually really quite important or facebook or insta or whatever wherever your audience resides christmas how do we build this into our processes and shift that um, that mindset and um behavior but what then this starts to bring into play and you'll be seeing this much more than than I will, because I don't doubt that when you work with your, your organizations, the CRM is almost the, the brain, if you will. It's now all that tech that's wrapped around it, whether it's sales enablement, sales tech, rev ops, revenue operations is 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 the new one that's um that's coming into this. So what what are you seeing in terms of that world that it's now gone beyond the system, be it Salesforce.com, Dynamics, or or whatever, that you do now need this 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 wrap of tech around CRM to actually support and augment what the end goal is, which is your customers. So, while I'm a big believer in tech and making sure you've got all the right pieces speaking to each other and making sure your data flows, it's still the people part because you can spend millions and if no one uses it what good has it done you you know and when you when you look at how you're going to create a tech stack inevitably it'll be a tech group or a digital group that does it mm -hmm. with no major discussions with the people who are going to use it okay. right and if i look at the likes of the sales forces the dynamics you know um all the different people in this space. And I mean, we could go on and on and on about how many yeah. are. I just picked the two big ones, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they've done so much research and um, they've spoken to so many different customers and, you know, why not utilize that? But equally, you've got to take the people who are going to use it on a journey. You've got to KPI them in the right way to make it successful. And that goes back to the data points piece. So gone are the days of you've got to do 100 calls a day. We've got to do however many visits a day or whatever. Yeah. We need to start moving towards objective-based behaviors, which yeah. allows sales, marketing, product, whoever it may be, 
to to grow in their space to use that data. Um, But you have to talk to them and get them to inform how that system should look or what those data points should be. So I think the people thing, and I keep going back to it because I'm a big believer, you can spend millions and you can have an ROI. If no one uses it, you have no ROI. So it's about making sure it's not tech defining what you need. The business defines what they need in alignment to amazing research and product development that the likes of a Salesforce, um, sales loft, you know, inside sales.com or or Zant now, aren't they? Um, Whoever it may be, they've done all that, Marketo, Eloqua, et cetera. I think that becomes really important. Utilize the knowledge that has happened before you and then, you know, look at what is specific to your organization. And often it's not that different. Yeah, that's the... The, the, the key thing in all of this. So on the on the, the people play, and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, people process technology, we know it's in, in, in that order. When you're working with sales teams, you know, boots on the ground, the, the AEs, SDRs, who, you know, for whatever the type of titles kind of was, they're relevant. What are the types of things that you hear from them when you sit down and maybe they feel more comfortable talking to a third party about, what's not working and what is working what are the what are the 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 consistent themes that that come out from them and then when you feed that back to management what sort of reaction do you get from management when maybe they're hearing some things that they don't really want to hear they often hear a lot of things they don't want to hear from me but i'll tell them anyway (laughs) right you surprised me nikki (laughs) (laughs) um so when when you're working directly with the teams, um, the one thing that comes out is cadence. How do we put this into our everyday life, right? Um, how do I? Because and, and we were talk, we've talked about this a hundred times over when we, whenever we've met and had drinks or whatever. You know, you don't want these things to feel like administration. You want it to feel like this is my day job. This is this is how I roll. These are all the good things that I do on a daily basis. Um, and the key is cadence. So how does that look? And, and they'll often say they don't have a real cadence in their day, right? They'll often talk about the fear that they have because it's really different to what I do today or it feels really different. So interestingly, this came up on a call yesterday with a team in Germany. Um, but this person actually identified this is my fear speaking I'm being really open about my fear here. Mm -hmm. And she said, because I've done this this way for 15 years. Yeah. And she said, I can't visualize in my head how I can work tomorrow. So it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. So they will talk about, and I mean, you will have heard it a million times doing what you do too. I've always done it this way. It works. I get loads of sales. I get loads of this. But actually helping them build a cadence into their day will help them. And that's often what we hear when we're, when we're client facing and it it is the fear. I'm just too afraid of this. I'm not certain about this. And no management likes to hear that because they've mandated a vision. Yeah. But what the one thing we do when we, when we work with a client and particularly in different countries we actually talk to them about, okay, well, this is the management's vision. Tell us what your vision for this is. What do you want to get out of it? How do you want to work with it? 
and let's work around how we make this a reality for you. Yes, it still fulfills that vision that, that the exec has given, but actually this is your tool. Mm -hmm. Well, these are your, your set of tools or your stack or whatever. So how do you want to work? Because actually we all hate change, but once you get into a rhythm, a routine, a cadence, but also how, uh, you know, so all the different layers. So you go from sales team, sales manager, sales director, VP, country, region manager, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. How are you going to include the use of the tool in your discussions all the way down? So they fear that as well at every level because I don't know how to do it. I don't feel comfortable doing it. That's not how I do it today. So, um, and then depending, there are people that are not tech savvy. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's that, it's I've that had people technology. that can't email. Yeah, it's the, it's the lack of, it's the, I remember having this in my previous life where I knew there was a more effective way of doing something with, with the CRM system that we had. And the individual in question was basically point blank brick walling me saying no. And I was like, internally, and I was like, but I'd spoken to the, the, the product team at said CRM system provider. I know this can be done. And eventually I just sat down with them and said, look, what's going on here? And what it transpired was the, the fear piece that, but this is how it's always been done. And what I don't want you to do is highlight to management that I've been doing it wrong. I'm like, that's not what I'm doing. This feature didn't exist 10 years ago. Now it does. What I'm trying to do is make processes more effective and actually free up your time to do what you're really good at within the systems that, you know, I have no, you know, no clue. Bit. And it was just that, that absolute angst in terms of, but what, you know, what, what if this is showing me up that, you know, we should have been doing this, uh, you know, doing this better. And it's back to, you're totally right. In, in my world, whether it's, you know, around LinkedIn or Sales Navigator or, data and data analytics from, from marketing perspective it's like I, I don't understand this and i'm embarrassed i'm ashamed to say that i don't understand this like cool now i understand that let's work with this and it's you know talking to you know just a sales rep or senior salesperson at a big SaaS company he admitted so i haven't updated my profile in like 20 years i didn't know linkedin could do half of this stuff this is linkedin you know basic let alone uh what have you let alone everything else. And once you, it was like Justin was saying, you probably will agree with this. He was saying, learn your, learn your stack 5% more in terms of what it can do for you. And then have a bit of a, you know, Carol Dweck growth mindset, not fixed mindset back to the people place, which is hard. Then see what that's, uh, that gives you. But in terms of, so cadence for anybody that's listening doesn't understand that's kind of the steps that you take to get from A, from, uh, from a to B, phone call, email, email, phone call, meeting, meeting, phone call, email, pitch, whatever. Um, it's routine, right? Yeah. It's rhythm and routine. It's a much better uh, way of describing it. Thank you. Yeah. So you mentioned it earlier, Monday mornings, you used to have a forecast meeting with your team, right? That's part of your cadence every week. So it's your rhythm and routine. And it's about how you build it in. But actually one of the points you just touched on there is the growth mindset piece. Um, and, you know, I've been in your sessions that you helped me out with when we do the women's uh, women connect stuff. And, you know, you mentioned the Carol Dweck book. And of course there's the Simon Sinek book, the yeah. infinite mindset as well, which is also good. Um, but actually one of the things that we do when we go into a new client or a country or region, whatever it is, is we actually, look at and do a maturity assessment of where they are 
in their development, not just as people, but as a group. Mm -hmm. And how far in a maturity phase, how far along the maturity curve are you? So that's going to then inform us how much we need to work with you and the people around that to actually change your ideas. So we do workshops around opening up your mind. How do we think about things differently? How do we drive that, that behavior that we want to see? Because you're right. What, when you have someone who is stuck in a finite mindset, they aren't going to open up enough to grow and use the stack that they need to use. They're just going to ignore it. Yeah, and I, that, that is true of every single industry. And I, I've been fortunate to work across you know, different industries. doesn't matter who, whether you're an out-and-out salesperson, a lawyer, accountant, SDR, products, marketing, finance, ops, HR, you're 100% right that it, it all comes back down to that, um, uh, that people play. I do want to move on to the, um, your um, uh, women in sales uh, network piece. So from a CRM transformation point, if anybody is, we've probably already touched on this, but to kind of summarize, if a, whoever's listening to sales director, CMO, CEO, doesn't matter, um, what are, if they're thinking about changing CRM or making that move, what are the top three, five, one point that they need to consider before they start on this journey? Um, go as standard as you possibly can. Go as standard as, as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. The research has been done for you by the likes of the sales forces Mm -hmm. and dynamics and all those guys. The research has been done for you. What you'll get is more flexibility in the tool, right? Make sure you've got a data model that underpins it. Mm -hmm. More than anything, make sure you take your people on the journey. Don't hide it from them. Be open about it. Get their input. You know, let them drive it a little bit Mm -hmm. because then the vision is theirs and you've empowered them to take your company and your organization to the next levels because out in on the ground you've got incredibly talented people who've got incredible ideas that are gonna make you so much better and they're the ones that talk to your customers day in day out not you awesome and so just to kind of um you know, talk about what you know, the other thing that you do, you know, sort of supporting with some of these sessions is your women in, forgive me, your women in sales network? Women Connect, yeah. Women in Connect. So what, what's, the, what's that about for the, for the listeners and what's your, your purpose for, for creating this? So our purpose for um, creating Women Connect was really about helping empower women. So we know in the sales industry, there's not been a lot of growth in women in um, leadership positions over the last decade, it's been quite low. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really want to, to start driving, you know, more women in those leadership positions, because if women coming up through the ranks have got someone that they can relate to, mm-hmm. you're going to get so much more out of them. And actually moving into an era that we're moving into right now, empathy is a huge thing. And no offense, but women have more of it than yeah, men. Well, most women. <laughs> it's been documented. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, having that in your organization means that, you know, you reach so many more customers as well because no one wants the hard sell anymore. It's a journey for everyone. And it's about how you do that. So 
Women Connect is about empowering women. It's helping them grow the different skills that they might need. It's helping give them confidence, helping them find their voices and, you know, being comfortable to, you know, not feeling that imposter syndrome. And Alex, you and I have talked about this quite a lot. Yeah. You know, we want them to feel that you can do this. Just because you don't tick all 10 boxes on that job spec doesn't mean you can't do the job. You're going to be awesome at it because you've got other skills that aren't on the job spec because no one put them on there. Yeah. So that's what Women Connect does. It's, and I think it's, 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 a great, um, it's a great initiative and I think there needs to be more of this. And, you know, I, have a, I, I talk to, to my wife about this and then she's umming and ahhing about even you know, internal decisions that need to be made. And I sit there and go, this is insane. If you were a bloke, what would you do? And she's like, I know, I know. And I said, well, that's just nuts. That's just a crazy thought. Pro- and I've, you know, I've got a, a daughter, as a five-year-old daughter as well. So now doubly cognizant of everything that, that is happening. And I'm like, if you were a man, you just go and do it, even to your point, even though you don't feel you've necessarily got all the skill sets, because that's just what the majority of blokes do, especially in the, um, uh, in the sales world. So just do it. And it's the... Um, yeah, I mean, we could debate, you know, debate this. Maybe we should do, you know, get, get on another, uh, another session and bring some of the other women connects, um, in on this and have a, um, fact, let's do that. Actually, let's, let's, I'll commit to that. Yeah. Let's, um, uh, do that and have a broader, a broader discussion and, um, uh, and topic, but, uh, where can people, uh, a find you to have, if they want your support and your help and your, your, um, uh, your guidance. And also I'm guessing they find you, they can find also more about women in connects. So where's the, where's the best place to do that? Best place to find me is LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. I will put your uh, your link somewhere here um, down. I don't know how this works. Somewhere there. From, for those that are watching, I'm kind of doing the hand movements. All those that are listening, I should say, I'm doing the hand movements uh, to where Nikki's links will be in the podcast. I'll make sure I put all Nikki's details in the in the podcast as uh, as well. So if you've listened to this, please mention it when you um, uh, reach out to Nikki for um, help or advice on any CRM translation. But Nikki. As always, I enjoy um, talking to you. I'm looking forward to when we can do this properly over something slightly stronger, dare I say it. Um, um, You and I are very good at doing that. Uh, But for now, Nikki, I really appreciate your your time. So thank you. And um, to everybody listening, as always, thanks for tuning in. If there's anybody that you want to put on the podcast, uh, recommend uh, them to me. If you want to be on this podcast, then please do get in touch. Uh, But Nikki, I shall let you get on with the rest of your, um, uh, your day. Thank you. And thanks for having me. My pleasure. Bye.